Welcome to Bangalore Revival Center. Here we dream revival and serve people with love. The Bible says, God lift the humble and this week let's tune into the word of God shared by Pastor Preji where he teaches about the humility of a man named Mordecai who obeyed the Lord in all his ways and who was lifted to a place of honor because of his humble stature. This month we've been studying on honor. Yes. Are you excited for this topic? Because the Bible says, I will honor those who... It's not just the Bible that is saying this, God who is speaking this to us. When we come together in services like this and we spend extended time singing about His name, lifting up our hands, clapping, jumping, dancing even, some of us may wonder, what is going on in this place? You know, you know it may not be like, a, like the most happening music. It may not be the most melodious song. It is not about who we are, like the song that we sang. It's not about what we have done. It's, it's about who He is, who and what He has done. And that is why we honor Him. That is why we worship Him. And it is not possible, church, that we can honor this God and us not be honored at the same time. It is not possible for you to put your finger into a live electric wire and not receive a portion of that electricity upon you. So it's not possible that you can have a lifestyle and a culture of giving honor to God and God will not honor you back. The Bible says, I will honor. Come on, read it with me. 1 Samuel chapter 2 verse 30. But I will honor those who honor me and I will despise those who think lightly of me. This is a church filled with people that honor God. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, you better be with me when I'm honoring God. Yeah. Encourage one another. We have to be in this together. We, we, we are not doing this alone now. Okay. We are in this together. We are here to honor Jesus, to lift up the name of Jesus. Because we know that as we honor him, he will also honor us. Today we are going into the book of Esther. You know, the story of Esther is a story of honor. From the very beginning, let's, let's start from the story of Vashti, okay? Esther chapter 1 and verse 10. On the seventh day of the feast, when King Xerxes was in high spirits because of the wine, he told the seven eunuchs who attended him. So this guy, he was high. He is he's technically drunk. He's not in his, you know, right senses. And the Bible says he spoke to his eunuchs who were attending to him. The next line it says to bring Queen Vashti to him with the royal crown on her head. He wanted the nobles and all the other men to gaze on her beauty for she was a very beautiful woman. Now, now this king, he was so proud of his achievement of having found Vashti and married her and crowned her. Now, he wanted everybody in the nation to see the beauty of this queen. See, these, these are not the days of social media where everybody has seen the queen. You know, the only person who has seen the queen are the ones that have served her and 
the king himself. And right now the king, he is saying, man, it's not enough that I enjoy you. I want the entire nation, all the nobles. See, what was happening in the previous few days is that the uh, heads of each province throughout the entire kingdom, you know, the Bible says the kingdom went from Ethiopia to India. That's how big that kingdom was. So I'm sure there would be somebody from India who was in that party that, you know, uh, he threw. And the Bible says that he wanted all of these guys to see the beauty of Queen Vashti. As much as, you know, this might not have been a request that he said in his right senses, uh, it was something that he, he was trying to show off somebody that he was very proud about, somebody that he deeply cared for. The next verse, it says in verse 12, But when they conveyed the king's order to Queen Vashti, she refused to come and this made the king furious and he burned with anger. So here is a king who demands respect, demands honor, demands obedience, demands submission and yet his wife, the queen, she decides not to give in to the king's order, not to give in to the command. And in refusing, what she thought was that this is just one instruction that I'm saying no to. But it was not about just disobedience. It was also about dishonoring. Because he was not an ordinary person. He was not just a husband. He was a king. You know, this is what happens in a lot of relationships is that we underestimate that person that we have a relationship with. And we think about that person to just be, you know, my friend, to be my colleague, or to, to be that person that is just deserving of a yes or no answer. But here, the Bible says it was not an ordinary person who was asking. It was the king himself who was expecting. So if not for her, you know, duty towards her husband, it should have been because he's the king that she should have said a, a yes. Now, a relationship between a husband and a wife is complicated. You know, it is, it's got its highs and lows. There are times when everything is so sweet and there are times when things are not so sweet. But when it comes to the relationship between a king and a queen or a king and somebody under his leadership, you don't have the option to not respect or honor. You know, here is the king who is demanding that she should come. But because she refused, the Bible says the king, he responded with a lot of anger. He, he became furious and, and it says that he burned with anger. Verse 16 says, Memukan answered the king and his nobles. Queen Vashti has wronged not only the king, but also... Every noble and citizen throughout your empire. Do you understand why I'm saying that this is not just about disobeying her husband? Because her dishonor for the king was directly a dishonor for every person that the king is responsible for. Every leader, every uh, you know, noble, every uh, senior provincial head who was in that party, the Bible says... This lady's denial, her unwillingness to submit, it had wronged not only the king, but every noble and citizen throughout the empire. And you know what happened as a result of it. It says that 
they advised the king to remove Queen Vashti from her position. So she was dethroned, the crown was removed from her head and, and the, there was vacancy made for someone else who would take that place. And we are all familiar with the story of how someone else filled this place. Okay, let's read Esther chapter 2 and verse 5. The Bible says, At that time, there was a Jewish man in the fortress of Susa. His name was Mordecai, son of Jair. He was from the tribe of Benjamin and he was the descendant of Kish and Shimei. If you ask me, the story of Esther is not about Esther. The story of Esther is about Mordecai. It was, it was never Esther's plan to go before the king. It was never Esther's idea to hold back her identity. The whole thing from the beginning to the end, it was orchestrated by this man, Mordecai. Okay, and, and if you read his story, the only definition or the only description given about him is that he was a Jewish man and he is, he is from the tribe of Benjamin, the son of so-and-so. He didn't have any special abilities, any special talents, any special... Uh, you know, qualities like money or fame or influence, absolutely nothing. He was a nobody in this kingdom. Okay, the story begins with him being introduced as not so much of a famous person. The only fame about him is that he is connected to Benjamin. And that doesn't make any sense in the kingdom of Xerxes. Okay, in the next verse, read this carefully. Verse 7, this man had a very beautiful and lovely young cousin. Who was she? A cousin. Her cousin, her name was Hadassah, who was also called Esther. But when her father and mother died, Mordecai, he adopted her into his own family and raised her as his own daughter. Look at this. She's not his niece or, you know, she's not like very young to him. She's like his counterpart of the same, you know, generation. It says she was his cousin. And yet, when her parents died, he took up the responsibility of taking care of her. He embraced her. He welcomed her into his family and he raised her up as his own daughter as his own biological children the same care that he would give to his children the same school that his children would go to the same food that his children would eat he made sure that this cousin of his will be given that and be taken care of it in, in like manner so for me the story of Mordecai it begins at this point where he's he's a man who is um, you know normal, ordinary, like everybody else. But when it came to a matter of generosity, when it came to a matter of love, when it came to a matter of accepting people, broken people, hurting people, he was a man who showed compassion. He was a man who welcomed others into his home. He was a man who, who, didn't, who didn't just push her off saying, you know, you fend for yourself. You take care of your own self. Don't think that Esther didn't have any other relatives. I'm sure she would have had many relatives, but Mordecai was the one who said, I'll take 
your responsibility and I will take care of you and I will fend for you like you're my own daughter. And one day, you know the story of how this uh, Esther who was in Mordecai's family, she eventually becomes the queen. The Bible says that there was an order passed that all the young girls in the nation be asked to come into the palace and one by one they were brought to the king and Esther is the one who caught the attention of the king okay before she went into the palace Mordecai prepared her and after she went into the palace there was somebody else that she was handed to who prepared her so in this season of training that Mordecai gave her Mordecai taught her how to submit Mordecai taught her how to honor he taught her how the ways of the kings and the queens are. You know, he, he prepared her for this next season of life. And that is why the Bible says in the, where that when she was in the palace, she did everything that the eunuch that was entrusted to her told her to. And that's where she stood out from all the other candidates. She was very unique. And finally, she became the queen of the nation. Let's jump to verse 21. It says, One day, as Mordecai was on duty at the king's gate, two of the king's eunuchs, who were guards at the door of the king's private quarters, they became angry at King Xerxes and plotted to assassinate him. I have a feeling these guys would have had some, you know, conversations or WhatsApp conversations with Vashti. You know that when somebody is unhappy with how they are being treated, they, they'll always find a way to, to connect with other people who are unhappy with the same boss. Yeah, and, and these guys are now plotting and they are having conversations. They are angry with the king. And yet, their anger cannot lead to dishonor. They are discontent with the king. And yet, that discontentment cannot lead to dishonor. We, we can all have seasons of life where we, are, we, we find it very difficult to submit. We, we find it very difficult to, uh, you know, go with the flow of what our leaders are asking us to do. But especially in those seasons, you need to ask yourself, should I, will I be known for my honor? Will I be known for my submission? Or will I be known for my rebellion? Will I be known for taking things in my own hands? And here is two guys who take things in their own hands and they decided, they plotted, they planned to assassinate the king who they were upset with. Now, the story goes on to say in verse 22 that Mordecai, he heard about the plot and what did he do? He gave the information to Queen Esther. She then told the king about it and gave Mordecai the credit for the report. See, the, this guy, Mordecai, he didn't have access to the king's palace. He didn't have access to the king. He didn't have access to the important ministers in the uh, you know, king's court. He didn't have access to uh, anybody who could take this information to the king other than Esther. So what he did is, whatever he heard, he took the information to Esther and told her this is what is being planned against the king why don't you inform the king about it why don't you take the news to the king and Esther 
she didn't take credit for it she told the king about it and she gave the credit back to mordecai because mordecai was the source of this information he could have kept quiet he could have just ignored it and he could have just said uh you know let's see where it goes let's just pray about it but instead of doing that he took action he was a man who was filled with compassion at the same time he was a man who was just radical in wanting to do action he didn't just sit on information that he had he went out of his way to do something about the injustice or the dishonor that he was hearing about now please understand he is not like in favor of this particular king this is a pagan king he has nothing to lose if this king dies and yet he said i am a man of honor and i don't want this king to die and so he sent the word through queen esther it says in verse 23 then an investigation was made and then they found out that mordecai's story was true and the two men they were impaled on a sharpened pole and all of this was recorded in the book of the history of king zerzes's reign this is very important for us to remember that all of the happenings was was written down it was recorded now when something's happen in the flow of what is happening sometimes we forget the person who is responsible for certain blessings in our life we forget the people that were used by god to take us to another place you know the story of joseph he really helped one guy in explaining his dream to him so that this guy can get out of the prison and go back into the palace and when he was getting out joseph requested him when you go back please remember me and guess what happened this guy royally forgot him and that is the story of life that when people promise to stand by you when people promise to help you and people promise to elevate you bless you they will forget it but the thing is there is always a book where it is all written down in the story of this king he had a historian who was writing down everything that was happening in the king's court even the things that the king didn't pay attention to this historian was writing down every single little detail in the story of joseph there was somebody out there recording every sacrifices that he made and and what he had to go through and what he had to give up i mean tell me about it who was in potiphar's house with joseph and yet what happened there it was recorded for our understanding you know nobody to tell us the story of how joseph you know withstood the temptation nobody to tell us how he was faithful in the prison there was there was no uh, 50 mm canon lens in the prison shooting him wherever he goes doing the right thing you know we all like to be in the lens right we all like to be in the spotlight some of us not but others you know we enjoy being you know shown that hey we are doing the right thing we are being we are being our name is being praised for doing the right thing and here is joseph he is doing the right thing again and again and again but he is not appreciated he is in fact forgotten he is going from bad to worse he was in his father's house from there he goes to the pit he was faithful in his father's house still he falls into the pit he was faithful there gets sold to the ishmaelites 
from there he gets sold to a egyptian potiphar from there it says he gets mistreated and he is now put into prison and nobody is keeping an account in the natural nobody is keeping an account of all the injustice that this guy is experiencing in mordecai's story the next verse is very painful do you want to read the very next verse okay this is right after the previous verse okay the last verse says that mordecai did all this the credit was given to him and yet it was just recorded and nothing was done about it chapter 3 verse 1 it says sometime later king zerxes what did he do he promoted haman the son of hamadetha the agagite over all the other nobles making him the most powerful official in the empire who did the hard work who got promoted who who was the one who honored the king mordecai was the one who honored the king mordecai was the one who didn't sit on the information and yet when the promotion came it came to the son of agag okay and the the family of agag is a problematic family for israelites they don't you know in the days of samuel he the, he had slain king agag he was a king of amalek and this guy he is an agagite which means he is a descendant of that particular king he was not somebody that the israelites would go hand in hand with you know they were never supposed to make peace with the agagites or the amalekites okay and when mordecai was the faithful one when mordecai was the honorable one the promotion in fact came to haman the enemy of mordecai the enemy of the people of god he was the one who got promoted now please understand it is going to happen that sometimes in the grand plan of god he will allow your enemy to be promoted before you sometimes in the grand plan of god he will allow the baker who was supposed to remember that you you know prayed for him gave him a prophetic word all of that he will forget your name when he goes into the palace because if he would have remembered all that he all that joseph would have gotten was a release from the prison all that he would have gotten was a trip back to his father's land but because he forgot god set him up for something really big in the days ahead so we have to thank god for promotions that happens even to our enemies we have to thank god for promotions that happens even to people that don't like us we have to thank god for that we have to celebrate that because in his eyes he didn't understand the grand plan of god at this point but if you read through the book of esther and you look back you see how god is just setting up mordecai for his victory if mordecai would have gotten arrogant at this point and stubborn and said hey i don't I don't see any point of this honor. I I'm not going to be loyal to God anymore. I'm not going to be loyal to this King Xerxes anymore. I'm going to stop being faithful any from this point onwards. If he would have done that, then he would have lost the blessing that was in store for him. But instead, he continued to serve his king. The Bible says, all the king's officials, they would bow down before Haman and they would show him respect whenever he passed by. for so the king had commanded so this was an order from the king but here is mordecai who refused to bow down or show him respect 
So in his desire to honor his king, he didn't honor certain people that were against his principles. He didn't honor certain things that were against who he was. His identity didn't allow him to honor and submit to this man. You understand what I'm saying? As much as he loved his superiors, as much as he loved the protocol in the kingdom, he said, who I am is greater than where I serve. And some of us, we need to catch this in our workplaces, in our homes. We need to remember that our identity of who we are, that is very important. Just because we are learning about honor, it doesn't mean that we go and become a servant to anything and everything. It doesn't mean that we say yes to Potiphar's wife. See, Potiphar's wife is also technically Joseph's boss, right? So Potiphar's wife can give him a command and he's expected to obey. And yet, there were certain instructions that Joseph did not obey. And those were instructions that is now going to conflict with his identity. That is going to conflict with who he is. And here is Mordecai. He refused, the Bible says. He refused. So when the king would come, he would definitely bow down and give him respect. When the, when the Agagite would come, he would not show him respect. Because by calling, God had given them an instruction that you are never to join hands with the Amalekites. You're never to partner with them. You're never to be uh, submitted to them. You are the king. You are the head and not the tail. This was what God had spoken to the kingdom, to the family of Israel. And that's why he refused to bow down or show respect to Haman. The verse 5, it says, when Haman saw that Mordecai would not bow down or show him respect. He was filled with rage. Do you remember that when, when the king Xerxes, when he saw that, you know, Vashti was not honoring him, he also got filled with rage. In the same manner, here is Haman, who is now expecting respect and honor from Mordecai. And he is filled with rage because he is not getting it the way that he expected it. It says, and then Haman, he approached King Xerxes and said, There is a certain race of people and they are scattered throughout all the provinces of your empire who keep themselves separate from everyone else. <laughs> See, their honor was different from the way that everybody else showed honor. See, there is an honor that a child of God shows, which is not the same way that the people of the world show. The people of the world, they show their honor so that they can get something in return. So they can be blessed in return. So they can get a promotion in return. Our faithfulness and our honor, especially those of you who are working in corporates, you're not showing honor so that you get, you get the next you know, business or you get to become the next team leader or you get the next promotion. This is not how... We show honor. We don't demand honor. We, we give honor where honor is due. But when we see that there are certain things practiced that is against the principles that I represent, against the identity that I have, then we don't partner with those things. Doesn't matter how big this guy is who is demanding that I do this. It doesn't matter how, how great or important this person is, how wealthy he is, how influential he is. We refuse to bow our knee to anybody that is against our principles. Yeah? If you can remember that, 
If you can practice that at your workplace, they will eventually figure out that the, this is a separate class of people. They are not like everybody else. They wouldn't just flatter me for the sake of getting a promotion from me. They wouldn't just talk nice about me just to get me to agree with their point of view. They, when they say something, they mean it. It is truth. It has value. And that's what Haman understood about this people group. He's not talking just about Mordecai. He's saying this is a characteristic that I've seen in all, the, all these guys that are scattered around this entire empire. That all of them, they will never you know, bow down to me. They will never respect me. And they keep themselves separate from everyone else. Verse 8, it says, their laws are different from those of any other people. And they refuse to obey the laws of the king. So, it is not in the king's interest to let them live. So what is Haman trying to do? He's not trying to just get Mordecai fired. He's trying to aim for his head. Not just for his head, but for all the people who belong to that same identity. So here is a man who is now being promoted by the king. And he is positioning the, the gun at the people of God that are scattered all through the entire empire. And this is a vast empire. You know, it's all the way from Ethiopia to India, which means from Africa to Asia, this empire is spread. And the people of Israel, they had been scattered because of uh, the exiles. And, and they had been scattered all across the nations. And the order was that they will be handpicked from each and every because these guys it was very obvious to uh, you know who they are because they would keep themselves separate they will not take part in everybody else's feast they will not worship like everybody else their names will be unique their characteristics their accents everything will be different so it was very easy to pick them out and kill them and here is Haman who is setting up and and he is saying it, it is not in the king's best interest to let them live. And he got an order from the king to make sure that everybody is slaughtered. And as a result of the king's yes to it, he in fact donated 10,000, I think, kilos or bags or gowns of, uh, uh, of silver to the king's treasury. Like this guy is paying the king basically for uh, a slaughter, for a, a real big slaughter of Jews. Chapter 4 and verse 1. But when Mordecai learned about all that had been done. This is, this is very interesting. It says he tore his clothes, put on burlap and ashes and went out into the city. Crying with a loud and a bitter wail. You know what he did is he, this is a sign of humbling yourself. This is what you do when there is somebody in your family who died. This is what you do when you lose a very close person or somebody that you, your whole life has been torn apart because you are tearing your own burlap and you're putting ashes on your head. This is a sign of insult. You're, you're, you're heaping insults upon yourself saying, man, I'm the, I'm the worst. This is the worst that could have happened to me. Now, see, the interesting thing to note is that 
he was very close to Queen Esther. Queen Esther could have helped him and made sure that he is protected, that he is not, you know, hurt in the process of all the killings and the slaughter. If you and I were in his place, what would we do? We would write a private letter to Queen Esther, get some money, you know, escape the land, go to a very safe place, just sort ourselves out, right? And here is the man, the man of honor, instead of running away from the city where all the problem is being hatched, he ran into the city in front of everybody. He starts wailing and weeping and humbling himself, not promoting himself, not elevating himself, not raising a rebellion against the king because it's the king who gave the stamp for the slaughter. He's not raising a rebellion. He's not dishonoring the king. He's not saying anything against this king. He's not saying, come, let's all write on social media about this king. Or he's not saying, let's all go to fight against this king. Instead, he chose to humble himself. At this point when his life is threatened, it's not just his life that he's concerned about. He's concerned about the lives of all the Jews and all the provinces of the empire under King Xerxes. Because he is concerned about their lives, he begins to break his heart and he begins to wail and moan and cry and weep and, and do it openly and publicly. This is, this is amazing because this guy, he was not just passionate and compassionate about, you know, loving people, serving them as, as his own. Not only was he, you know, a good mentor to Esther, not only was he somebody who was honorable and faithful to his leaders, he was somebody who, who had a heart for the people of God. And he was not willing to allow the entire nation to be slaughtered just because one man had enmity against them. And finally, you know the story. Esther got to know about it and Esther sent word to, to him. Why are you doing this? Why are you crying like this? And he's, he, there was conversations back and forth. And finally, now Esther is giving an instruction to Mordecai. All this while, it was Mordecai giving instructions and information to Esther. Now this time, Esther is the one who is giving an instruction to her mentor. And, he's, and she says, go and gather together all the Jews of Susa and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. And my maids and I will do the same. And then, though it is against the law, I will go in to see the king. If I must die, I must die. Check this out. Esther got courage to do this because of Mordecai. Because there was a Mordecai who refused to obey the command of the king to bow down before Haman. See, who had ordered that everybody should bow down before Haman? The king had. So it was, if the king ordered, it's a law. Mordecai was the first one to break that law because it went against his principles. And that disobedience that, that Mordecai had, that, that honor that Mordecai had to God first before he would honor his leaders, that now inspired Esther to do the same. And she says, even if it is against the law, I'm going to go in to see the king. So there is, the problem with us is that we are hoping for somebody else to take the first step. We are hoping only if the pastor would do this, only if the, come on, 
if Mordecai would have waited for, you know, Queen Esther to take the first step, if Mordecai would have said, okay, this is, this is not my headache anymore. She is in the royal palace. It's her job. Let her do it. I will sit here and I'll wait and watch. No, he took the first step. He started weeping, wailing. And as a result of her, of the people watching Mordecai, it says Esther, she said, okay, now this is what we are going to do. We are also going to go on a fast for the next three days, morning and night. You're not going to eat anything. We're not going to drink anything. We are just going to sit and we are going to pray and we are going to seek the face of God. And at the end of these three days, I'm going to go see the king. The next meal that Esther would eat would be with the king. That was the decision she made. That I, even if it costs me my life, I am willing to do this. The next verse, it's powerful. It says, Mordecai went away and he did everything as Esther had ordered him. So this was not just a advice. It was an order from the queen. And Mordecai, he, he instead of saying, okay, why didn't you go today? Why didn't you? He just immediately obeyed Esther because he understood that this is a woman of God now speaking. Now she has, she has caught my passion. She has caught my burden. Now I can partner with her. Now I can listen to her. This is amazing how God would sometimes use somebody that you are placed over to now give you a help or an instruction or a command. And this has happened so many times in scripture, so many times. And here is Esther who is now giving an order to Mordecai. And he didn't get offended. He said, okay, if that's what you're asking me to do, that's what I'll do. Because he was a man of honor. And you know the story. Esther, she invited the king and she gave him a lavish meal at the end of those three days. And that night, the Bible says in chapter 6 and verse 1. You ready for this? It says, that night, the king had trouble sleeping. So what did he do? So he ordered an attendant to bring the book of the history of his reign so it could be read to him. Do you remember this book? Do you remember the book where it was all recorded what Mordecai had done? Okay. It says this entire night, the king is not able to sleep. And because this was the pre-Netflix days, his only entertainment was what the historian has been writing about him and about his reign. And what greater entertainment for the king than to hear about himself, yeah? How many of us like good things being spoken about us? Yeah? And here is the, the king calling for the historian's writings to be brought back. And come on, just sit and read. So, so I'm sure that just because his sleep was troubled, all of his servants' sleep was also troubled. Because now they are sitting up in the night, they are reading everything that the king has done. And in those records, it says, he discovered an account of how Mordecai had exposed the plot of the two eunuchs who had guarded the door of the king's private chambers who had plotted to assassinate King Zatsis. I'm declaring this over you today that your name shall be discovered. Amen. That there is an appointed time when your name should be discovered. My hope is that it will not happen before that. My hope is, my prayer is that you will not be discovered before time. 
my prayer is that you will not be promoted before time but there will be a a fullness of time when your name will be discovered when there are people who will be troubled for your sake when there are people who will have sleepless nights for your sake and as a result of it you shall be discovered there shall be a spotlight on you child of god you cannot be hidden very very long you are a light you are special there is a unique grace of god over your life yes you might have been going from pit to prison to potiphar's house to all these crazy places but there is a time when you shall be discovered there is a time when you shall be spotted and that time is coming says the lord and the king asked verse 3 so first was the trouble second was the discovery and third it says he asked what reward or recognition did we ever give mordecai for this <laughs> the king is now curious to understand tell me more about this story i want to know what reward or recognition was given to this man i want to know how much money he made out of this business i want to know what profit did he get because of his faithfulness to this church to this ministry i'm sure that there is a conversation happening about you in heaven today that god is asking about you there is a king who is asking about you what reward and recognition was given to my daughter yes nobody appreciated her but what reward was given to my son yes nobody recognized what was done in secret but what reward or recognition was given to my people there is a voice that speaks for the voiceless there is a king who fights the cause of the poor the ones that are forsaken the ones that have nobody else and there is a question being asked what reward or recognition did we ever give mordecai and the king's attendants replied see these guys are imperfect attendants these guys didn't keep an account of this because they should have made sure to honor mordecai but it says they replied saying nothing has been done for him verse 4 so the king asked who is that in the outer court the king inquired and as it happened who was there in the outer court the same guy haman who was plotting all these things to kill the entire jews but all of a sudden he felt the need to you know advance his plan to kill mordecai he's like i can't wait for mordecai to kill be killed along with the rest of the jews i need to kill him right now so he's hurrying to see the king next morning and this is what it says as it happened haman had just arrived in the outer court of the palace to ask the king to do what to impale mordecai on the pole that he had prepared so all night long he had been preparing a pole the same night that the king couldn't sleep <laughs> the enemy he was preparing a pole for mordecai the same night when the enemy was planning and scheming things god was making sure that the king cannot sleep there were stories about this man of god that was being heard in the courts of this king there were testimonies that were being read out there were there were honorable reports that were being spoken about mordecai 
hey listen to me dear child of god it cannot be that when you're being fought that when the enemy is against you you are all alone we have to thank god for the enemies that fight us oh we have to thank god for those who cheat us we have to thank god for those that are withdrawn from us those that have not blessed us businessmen let me tell you this you have to thank god for the ones who didn't pay you <laughs> because there is a reward and a recognition that comes from heaven there is a payment that can come from god himself it says that when when this guy walked in to meet the king and request his permission to impale mordecai the king before haman could speak a word the king said who is there is available for me right now in the outer court so the attendants replied to the king haman is out in the court so the king replied bring him in do you want to know what what the king asked where sits so haman came in and the king said what should i do come on loudly what should i do to honor a man who truly pleases me what should i do to honor a man who truly pleases me come on church our job as a church as as individuals our job is not to look for honor to run after honor our job is if we can just pursue this pleasure of our king if we can just learn to please our lord if we can just learn to please our jesus all the days of our life when it is time for honor honor will come looking for us when it is time for restitution it will come looking for us when it is time for recognition it will come looking for us we don't go after honor we just learn to honor our king day after day after day we just learn to be faithful we just learn to be honorable we just learn to be humble the more evil reports we get the more humble we become the more brokenness we face the more humble we become we don't rise up in rebellion we don't let the pain make us hard hearted no 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 the more pain we have the more humility we should embrace the more tears we experience the more humility we should say yes to because there comes a time when the king will ask what should be done to a man to honor a man that truly pleases me lord jesus i pray that it will be said about this church that we are a church that truly please you lord that we are a people that truly please you god we are a people that truly please your heart and we speak that honor that is our portion to be given to us at the right time we declare let that honor be released at the right time thank you holy spirit <laughs> and you know the rest of the story is history yeah you can go back and read but let me just finish with chapter 10 and verse 3 it says mordecai the jew he became the prime minister with authority next to that of king zerxes himself do you remember the promotion that was given to haman he was made the most important official now check this out the bible says mordecai was made the prime minister he was not just an official now he was made the prime minister he was the most important minister right after king zerxes himself 
he was the one in charge of all the ministers from all the provinces they were all right to him and who was in charge of everything mordecai here was a man who chose to humble himself he didn't run after honor he did his job faithfully he humbled himself in spite of problems in spite of the enemy planning scheming things against him he continued to serve very loyally and very faithfully and then there was a god who worked behind the scenes to honor him and the bible says ultimately he ended up becoming uh, uh, the the next prime minister of this empire verse 3 continues to say he not only he served the king he was also great among the jews because they held him in high esteem please remember when the story began he was just a son of benjamin somebody one jew from the tribe of benjamin but now when the story finishes this man he is held in high esteem not just by the king but even among the people of god he is held in high esteem every all the jews they looked up to him why because he continued to work for the good of his people and to speak up for the welfare of all their descendants even after his promotion even after he became the prime minister of this nation his elevation did not stop his loyalty his elevation did not stop his first allegiance to his people in spite of the honor that he received he continued to remain faithful to the people of god amen see there are going to be times when the enemy will work really really hard to bring you down it's very necessary that in this season you will identify the enemy that you would recognize this is this is not this is not the job of haman i cannot take a i cannot pick up a fight with haman there is a force that is working behind haman and that force can be taken down only by my allegiance by my greater honor by a greater altar that i build to my king of kings and so this is what i'm going to do i'm just going to faithfully continue to serve my king let's read psalm 37 and verse 32 it says the wicked what do they do they wait in ambush for the godly they're looking for an excuse to kill them you know that this is the job of the enemy to kill steal and to destroy. so the wicked he is waiting in fact the bible says he is like a roaring lion he is walking around trying to devour anybody who is weak he is looking please don't think that when you walk out of the church everything is going to be okay no he is waiting for an opportunity to kill some of us that is why we cannot let down our guard just because we come to church just because we believe in jesus we cannot let our guard down there is an enemy out there to kill us see when the people of the world he is not an enemy for them they belong to his team but you and i we are his enemies so he is going to wait for an opportunity to kill your destiny he is going to wait for an opportunity to kill your business so don't ever question and and wonder why is it that i am not being blessed like the other people in my office it's okay this is just just there is an enemy who is waiting he is waiting in ambush to ambush you he is waiting in hiding looking for an excuse this church will not give him an excuse in jesus name yeah verse 33 read it loud and clear let the enemy hear this but the lord will not come on one more time 
but the lord will not let the lord will not let the wicked succeed or let the godly be condemned when they are put on trial there may be times when you're put on trial but you will not be condemned when put on trial there may be times when you're tested and tried but you will not fail in jesus name you will not be bowing your knees to your haman you will not have to bend before the enemy in jesus name the lord will not allow it he will not allow the godly to be condemned instead this is what you and i should do read the verse 34 it says put your hope in the lord travel steadily along his path he will honor you by giving you the land come on now and you will see the wicked destroyed this is what we do we do not panic when the enemy is being promoted <laughs> we do not panic when people close to us are are hurt we do not panic when we don't have our needs met we do not panic what do you do we put our hope in the lord not in zerxes not in queen esther not in our pastor not in our church we put our hope in the lord and we travel steadily along the path we stay on course we 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 don't turn to the left or the right just because the enemy is coming from here i don't i don't run this way i i know my destiny and i know where god is taking me i just stay I travel steadily on the same path because when he honors me this is how he honors me he will honor me by giving me the land he will honor me by giving me the land that belongs to me church each of us we have a land that has our name on it each of us have a land with our name on it when when the israelites when they went into canaan even before the whole of Canaan belonged to them Joshua he called all the leaders said all the benjamites come from hennur to kamnarli belongs to you guys whereas hennur to kamnarli was in someone else's name you know it was not in their name but Joshua made a proclamation saying hey this belongs to you there was a there was a word that was released now the benjamites they had to make sure to go and capture and take what rightfully belongs to them and this is how we do it we put our hope in the lord and we travel steadily on the path because when the honor comes it's not just going to be an honor that is superficial there is going to be an honor with an inheritance the honor of redeeming our name and the blessing for all the pain that we have had to endure the blessing will come when the honor comes you are becoming the prime minister when the order comes you will be elevated above your enemies and you will see your eyes will see your eyes the same eyes that saw your property being taken away from you the same eyes that saw that promotion being taken away from you the same eyes will see the destruction of the wicked hmm. the psalmist says i have seen the wicked and ruthless people flourishing like a tree in its native soil how many of you know that you know this these are day and everyday story right anybody who says that no i have never seen that 
we've all seen this. It says, I have seen the wicked and ruthless people, people who are very cruel. They're flourishing like a tree in its native soil. Like, man, this, this, is, this comes naturally to this guy. He just knows how to make money. He just knows how to make new contacts. He just knows how to, you know, get his way and get his promotion and all of that. It says, the next verse, are you ready? It says, but when I looked again, they were gone. Then I searched for them. I could not find them. Yeah, that, that season is coming for you. Where this season you are, the Lord is asking you to take a second look at your enemies. The Lord is going to cause you to take a second look at the enemies that fought you 10 years back. The Lord is going to cause you to take a second look at your Goliath. This time Goliath is on the ground. This time Goliath is ready to give up his head to you. This time Goliath is not capable of speaking a word against you. Take a second look church. Take a second look. The Bible says, but when I looked again, they were gone. Then my diligence required for me to search. I searched, but I could not find any of them. May this be your portion. Verse 37. Now instead of looking at them, now I'm going to look at those who are honest and good. <laughs> I'm going to change my focus, my attention. I, till now, my focus was on the wicked. But I know that wicked and the ruthless people, they, they are flourishing one day and they are gone the next day. But then I will fix my eyes on the honest and the good. For a wonderful future awaits those who love peace. The only person who can give you this peace is Jesus. Nobody else can give you this peace. Jesus is peace. Jesus is the, the demonstration of peace. If you're struggling with peacelessness, I'm telling you, you need Jesus. If you're struggling in that place where you, you, you're, not at, you're not able to sleep at night, where you're not able to think straight, where you're not able to steadily stick to one path, then today you need Jesus. Because the Bible says there is a wonderful future that awaits for those who love this peace. This peace has a name. His name is Jesus. Can I read it one more time? For a wonderful future awaits those who love Jesus. <laughs> a wonderful future awaits the Jesus lovers in this church. A wonderful tomorrow awaits God's people in this church. First Samuel chapter 2 and verse 8. There's a prophetic word that Hannah released. She said, he lives. This is a God who lives the poor from the dust and the needy from the garbage dump. Then he sets them among princes, placing them in seats of honor. Are you ready for your seat among princes? Are you ready for your seat among important people, influential people? And we declare that the seats of honor, placing them, let, let your placement be among seats of honor. Why? For the, for the whole earth is the Lord's and He has set the world in order. So you remember the, the context. The context is that these guys were poor. The context is that these guys were in the garbage dump. 
the context is that nobody wanted them nobody needed them nobody liked them but then the hand of god chose to pick them up why because they put their hope in the lord and they stuck to a steady path and at the right time the honor came and god honored them with their own land and the wicked were destroyed before them can i finish with one last verse first peter chapter 5 verse 6 let's stand up for this word this is an instruction from the lord for this week when the enemy comes hard against you you don't go trying to defend yourself trying to prove yourself worth it no 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 this is what you do you humble yourself the bible says so humble yourself under the mighty power of god the other translations would say humble yourselves under the mighty hand of god and at the right time how will he lift you up he will lift you up in honor there is an honor coming to those who are willing to be humble there is an honor coming to those who are willing to humiliate yourself if necessary to to bring yourself down friends let me tell you this you know sometimes there are going to be certain relationships that are going to threaten our humility there are going to be a danger to our humility you know it's easy to humble ourselves before somebody who is above us but here is a esther that i have trained that i have mentored that i have put into the royal place and now when she is giving me an order to humble before her to humble before my children to humble before somebody that has less education than i have somebody who has less anointing less prayer than i have to humble myself before somebody like that it it takes a lot of work but the bible says if you are willing to humble yourself you remember that humbling yourself is not under a person it's under the mighty hand of god when you humble yourself it is not humans that have the authority to place their hands upon you it is the lord himself who places his hand upon you and when you humble yourself under the mighty hand of god he will in the right time right somebody say right time somebody say due time somebody say perfection of time in the fullness of time the lord will lift you up in honor the lord will lift us up lift your hands father we bless these hands right now we pray that these hands will represent humility this week we pray that everything that these hands would do every time they would place their hands upon their heads everything that they would touch with these hands will be a, a demonstration of their humility lord it will be a representation of their humility lord and right now i declare in jesus name that there shall be a there shall be an overcoming power that will be released an overcoming grace that shall be released an overcoming ability that shall be released that that your children they will not give up the straight path that you have put them on they will have the grace to complete that path to stay focused on that path to keep their hope in you lord all the days of their life we release this grace manaka dorobo selege and we release the right time for your children we release the due time over them lord and i pray that those that are due overdue for honor let that honor come in this season those that are going back into those same territories where they've been put to shame let there be honor 
let there be vindication lara kabosi rimila mandene i speak to every voice of the enemy you will not have the final say over my people we will give no excuse for the enemy to kill us we will give no space for the enemy to kill us because our hope is in the lord who honors us with the land thank you for tuning in for today's sermon we hope this word has been a blessing to you do visit us at dreamingrevival.com for more information you're welcome to tune in every sunday for our live celebration service at 11 a.m. on our channel youtube.com/pastorprichi God bless you and have a blessed week.